All right, let's do this. Ladies and gentlemen, for the first time this year, his name is Mike Reyes from CinemaBlend.com. We're not sure of his affiliation to the human race or to the robot world, but he does work for CinemaBlend.com. Hey, buddy, what's going on? Oh, not much. Just regular human things, you know. My, my son Jace, last night in the bathtub, he was saying something, and he said, my human hands or something. I forget what he said, but it was like, what the f*** are you talking about? The singularity is inevitable. The singularity is inevitable. Oh, God. Well, this is the uh, first episode of the new year. Uh, We're recording on January 3rd. Uh, There's a partial reason for that. We'll get to it here in a little bit. But otherwise, we will probably be doing some time traveling. Uh, Time traveling. coming up here what what's the movie that we're talking uh, night swim right yes night swim it is the one of the first big releases of the year and it is also i think a blumhouse horror movie about a pool with uh secrets that lurk below the surface yeah it looks goofy it, it, i'm just i'm so interested because of the fact that it, i see this and yeah it's played ser- serious as a heart attack in the trailer and it looks like it has potential but at the same time all i can think of is pat oswalt's bit about watching the movie uh, i think it was deathbed the bed that eats people and just yeah <laughs> i mean it's like every t- it's another every time christmas comes around i think of his bit knocking the christmas shoes yeah, because just, he, <laughs> there's a wonderful bit where he tears into that song, and just whenever you get a comedian that really digs into something like that, like it's just it's beautiful, and that's Pat Oswalt's bread and butter. And uh, I'm not sponsored in any way, but I highly recommend people read Silver Screen Fiend. It is Pat Oswalt's book about how he was so obsessed with movies at one point in his career, he would go every day to the New Beverly to see something. And then the streak ended when Phantom Menace came out and, like, broke his soul. <laughs> I remember seeing Phantom Menace. We saw that at the Springwood Nine. A bunch of uh, guys from my graduating class went and saw it. So, uh, that actually, you know what? That's a fun thing to shift to because uh, thinking about this new year that we're in, 2024, it is the 25th anniversary of Phantom Menace this uh, this May. May 19th, because we went and saw it. I, I want to say it was... Was it the night before we graduated? I'm trying to remember because we, the senior year at, at my high school, North Polk here in, uh, it's in Ullman, Iowa, you went on your senior trip and the senior trip was always to Washington, D.C. So you would drive out yeah. on a bus, go to there for a week, come back and you would graduate. I can't remember if we went like before the senior trip or if we got back into town and then a bunch of us went to it like the Saturday before graduation. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. my bro- My younger brother's, some friends of mine and I made a plan and we like skipped school that day. And I saw, I remember the radio called it Wookie Hookie because so many people were like calling out of work, <laughs> staying out of school. So we went opening morning. We got the tickets for opening morning and went that morning to go see it together. That's cool. And then I went on to see it like five times in the theater. I remember the trailer first dropping and just, blowing me away because like wow i was just getting into star wars around that time yeah like episode one came out freshman year of high school i was just getting into star wars about middle school i want to say and that like the fall of 98 you have like that first teaser and it was just amazing you didn't know what a jar jar binks was you didn't know what darth maul was you just saw these these things a double lightsaber what 
Yeah. Oh, <clears throat> I yes. Like you saw that and you a brick. It's like whoa. You know, one of the weird like, parts of that movie was that I didn't notice it until later on. Like I did, it wasn't an immediate thing. But oh, uh, tell me. At the beginning of the movie, when Qui Gon and Obi Wan are trying to get off the 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 ship, right at the beginning, you know, uh-huh. there's that part where all of a sudden the one droids show up and they're like attack droids or you know whatever, and then they run down the hall, but instead of just running, they like jump to warp. Oh yeah, that big jump, and it, like they like it was like the warp effect where they just like blurred and were gone. It was like they never did that again <laughs> in any of the series. Well, yeah. I mean, you saw other Jedi abilities, but you never saw, like, a jump that big in, yeah. uh, from that point. It was crazy, man. I remember, lo- like, the space battle was one of my favorite parts when I saw it. Like, that was the part I would... Eventually, when it got to the fifth time, it's like, okay, okay, when's the space battle happening? When's this happening? When's that happening? Like, some movies, when you get to seeing it that many times in the theater, in that, like, short proximity, it's like, okay, I'm waiting for this moment to happen. I'm waiting for this moment to happen. I'm waiting for this to happen. I can just mentally check out through, through like trade negotiations and you look like an angel <laughs> even uh, though we all kind of go back to that and it's like ah age gap yeah yeah but god was he lucky i mean not with the whole being burnt to a crisp thing and getting your arms and legs cut off but natalie portman <laughs> it's either you have a happy life with natalie portman or you lose the high ground but at least he could say he did yeah, he did lose the high ground. Yeah, yeah. Mike Reyes from CinemaBlend.com on the line with me. Uh, one weird kind of anniversary, and the only reason I bring it up is because I'm a geek. The day that we're recording the main part of this is in January 3rd. Uh, it is a very special anniversary, and since we dove into Star Wars for a few minutes, uh, we're going to dive into the opposite side of the coin and Star Trek. As it was back in 1993 on January 3rd that Star Trek Deep Space Nine premiered. Yes, and I believe that was with Emissary Part 1 and 2, correct? Yeah, it was boring. <laughs> uh, well, listen, that's, it, that's just, yeah. truth be told, as a Star Trek fan, I will fully admit that it took a long time for Star Trek Deep Space Nine to get its footing and figure out what it wanted to be. Yeah. But God, does it have some of the best characters and more interesting plot lines in the entire series not just what was happening at the time but overall star trek it's some of the best stuff i was gonna say like it, it, it sometimes it's it's hard to really get it out the gate yeah to get it right out the gate and uh i will say one show that kind of did that and was a uh adversary to deep space nine was babylon five which would air its first pilot movie on february 22nd 1993 but then the january 26th 94 the show actually started and I'm going to have to put a pin in that to mention that when it comes up. Cause it's 30 years of Babylon five this year. There's some interesting, like there's some interesting stories relating to DS nine and Babylon five and oh, their creations yeah. and their, I don't, I don't, I haven't read up on it in a while, so I don't want to dive too far into it, but me neither, but I know there was a healthy, a healthy grudge there. Yes of, hey, we did this first. Hey, go f*** yourself. You know, that sort of thing. I mean, if there's anything that J. Michael Straczynski cribbed from for Babylon 5, it wasn't Star Trek. It was Lord of the Rings, especially when you get to season three, because he he's even admitted it, that he is such a huge fan of Lord of the Rings that it was one of the influences for what he was doing with that show. 
and then season three, you, I mean, there's certain things like certain events and character names and location names that are just very rings heavy. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, another thing that I, I give JMS a lot of credit for, I think he was, I wonder if he, I think he was the first uh, writer that did like a whole, wrote a whole season themselves if I remember correctly. And he had such an intricate way of plotting the show that he had, he pre-planned the whole five, five years at the beginning. He had like trap doors for characters that if anybody had like got sick or left the show, he would, there was another way that their character would go and that things would change because of it. And it's just still an amazing testament to storytelling. And I, I still need to watch that new movie, The Road Home. I've been waiting to watch it because my good friend Chris, he's the one that introduced this to me in, in high school. And it's sort of been one of the things that we bonded over. And I want to, I really want to experience that with him. Mike Rice from CinemaBlend.com on the line with me. Back to Deep Space Nine real quick. If you go through there, and I can't think of what the name of it is off the top of my head, uh, but it's uh, where they all get to get, it's what we leave behind. I think it's a documentary. Oh, yeah. If you ever get the chance to watch it i think it's for free on youtube i thought i saw that too like they even go into the uh what they would have done for season eight were it approved it is really 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 interesting where they wanted to take the story and what they wanted to do and then uh everybody i mean star trek fans i think are still hoping for the crossover and cisco being you know showing up with picard and seeing some of those other characters show up again yeah i i i, I... I don't know how much they've actually revisited Deep Space Nine and the besides obvious like little things here and there in uh lower decks. They did the lower deck stuff where they actually had some of the voices back. Um in Picard, in one of the trailers, one of the Bajoran tablets that was featured in the show. Yeah. Which kind of let everybody it was kind of a red herring, but or uh yeah, red herring, but it was uh it was on the desk of Picard. So everybody was like, Holy shit. Is Cisco coming back? Oh, I think I remember see, hearing all that. You know, so there was some there was some thought as to okay, what's going on here type stuff, but um, that's been kind of it. I don't know if what's his name wants to come back. Avery Brooks. Yeah, but God, it'd be awesome. I would love to see that. Yeah, that's probably one of those things where like that would be akin to getting Christopher Eccleston to go back on Doctor Who, which that we've seen how how difficult that's going to be. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I can't blame him for his reasons. I cannot blame him at all. No, no, not at all. And, you know, I, I know what's-his-name has, uh, Avery has done some, I keep saying what's-his-name, but sorry, my brain is. Avery Brooks. I, I I didn't get much sleep last night. It's been a long few weeks, but Avery Brooks. Well, if I'm I, not mistaken, is a, still a professor over here at uh, Rutgers. I believe so. Yeah. God, that'd be a cool class to take, would it not? It would. Like, uh, uh, another real good friend of mine, uh, Mary. She went to Rutgers for a little while and she's like, I always wanted to go like talk to him or like go to his office hours, but I never just, I could never get, she never mustered the the gumption to go do it. <laughs> I just imagine talking to the man would be like listening to an old jazz album. Oh yeah. Just really rich and insightful commentary. And just, it, I, I feel like that would be such an experience. I would be a okay with that. I that would be a good one. He just looks cool too. 
Oh yeah, and he's also one of the other uh, one of the many Star Trek characters that appeared on Gargoyles, or, or star actors that appeared on Gargoyles. What a great TV dad! Yeah, I, I haven't seen all of Deep Space Nine. I have like some experience with it, but I I remember him being a good TV dad. He, I, I mean, uh, uh, if you ever bring up the whole thing of TV dads, I think his name should be brought up more. Yeah. I mean, he's a forgotten TV dad. And he was a great TV dad. Yeah, he was well, yeah, on a space station, really, but... People don't really think of Trek captains as dads. They no. don't really think of them as family people. Like, uh, you, you don't really think... Well, even in Janeway's case, like, I don't even remember if Janeway had a family. She was engaged to be married, and she had a dog. <laughs> Oh, and when and then uh, all this happened. Yep, when they got back, uh, because they came back to it, um, when they finally made contact and she got a letter, she got a letter from her ex-fiance who thought she was dead, moved on, got married, and then told her about how her dog had a litter of puppies and stuff. Oh. So they, they definitely went back to it. But um, no, uh, Ben Sisko, Avery Brooks as a TV dad is is very very underrated. So, um, mm. yep, Deep Space Nine premiering thirty one years ago today. So very cool stuff, and boy, that lives in my head an awful lot. I'd love to see him go back to Deep Space Nine. God, that'd be awesome. Mike Grace from CinemaBlend.com on the line with me right now uh, as we record our first show of the new year. Uh, as we did come back from vacation, uh, the wife and I. Uh, uh, caught up on some movies. Just a couple quick notes. Oh, we did finish uh, Marvel's What If. I still need to start it. How is it? That's all right. The last episode was kind of like, eh. It wasn't as good as some of the other episodes. Uh, oh, the the you remember how we were talking in the last episode about, I believe her name is Kahori, the new uh, yeah. Native American. She's awesome. She. I want a movie about her. Ooh, I'm, I'm excited for that. It, it was one of those things where she was amazingly powerful and it wasn't, there was never the, ah, it's just a girl thing. Yeah. It was just, she's awesome. Here's why. And she's going to go free your people. Huh. It was everything that like a Captain Marvel wanted to be for the introduction of a new character. Yeah. Done in a, it just the best way possible. That was probably legitimately my favorite episode of the entire uh, second season. I want to say that one was the, uh, it was episode six, What If Kahori Reshaped the World? And I apologize if I'm mispronouncing the name, but it was really well done. I want that movie now. Well, I'm definitely going to need to catch up with this. Uh, With Disney in mind, uh, big news happened earlier this week as the new year started. Steamboat Willie is officially in the public domain now. Yeah. uh, That variant of the character is now officially in uh, the hands of the public and they can do as they wish. And there's already, you brought to my attention, there's a horror video game. Yep. There's a couple, I think, horror movies, uh, Eclectic Method and a, a, a pretty uh, notable remixer on YouTube. He uh, did a Steamboat Willie remix and dropped it like New Year's Day, like just as it, ha- yeah. just as it the stroke of midnight, basically. Yeah, the 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 movie I know about is called uh, Mickey Mouse uh, Mickey's Mouse Trap, and yeah. it looks about as good as that Blood and Honey movie, the Winnie the Pooh, which is getting a sequel. Awesome, but the game looks freaking 
just scary. The game is called Infestation, and it's based on like you're uh, like an exterminator going to this play this building that's got a rat infestation. And there are it's yeah. one of those ones where the only light is your flashlight, so you don't ever see everything that's happening. And yeah, there's a building full of rats that you have to contend with, and then uh, <laughs> uh, one mutated rat that looks an awful lot like Steamboat Willie. Yeah, it's horrifying. Is the word I was looking for. I'm gonna have to find the trailer for this and and look at it because it does sound pretty horrifying. It it's just it's like oh god, what the f-? so. Uh, yeah wow friends this is uh interesting because disney had fought this for a while hadn't they yeah if i'm not mistaken there were like exceptions and and uh there were legal cases that granted exceptions and uh what's the word deferment of yeah. the, the public domain status and i yeah i'm very curious to see how it turns out and then someone there was one person I saw a tweet online where someone's like, oh, yeah, you know, uh, technically we could bully Disney into make it, thinking that Mickey Mouse is public domain if we keep using him in that way because of this Steamboat Willie thing. Because there's certain, like, recognizable aspects like the yellow shoes, the red pants that were eventually, that were used in some way, shape, or form to promote Steamboat Willie, I guess. Yeah, the 50th and- anniversary po- post released in 1978 was a, uh, the original Steamboat uh, Willie movie was black and white, obviously, for animation. Um, but it was, it looks like it was re-released in color, or they at least did a color poster of it. Yeah. And just the, then there's other people that are like, yeah, that's not how this works. Good luck with that. Yeah, there so... was, I, I watched one show about it because I still, what's funny is I've I've worked in media for a long time. I still don't completely understand public domain. Like it to the point, like, I don't even want to mess with it. Like when we've done podcasting and stuff in the past, like, nah, no thanks. <laughs> it's funny you mention that because another thing that has been mentioned and sort of put on the radar for that is uh, Ian Fleming's James Bond. Yeah. Which will apparently be fully public domain as of 2035. Well, that's right around the corner. And then, uh, yeah. But at the same time, you've got a MI6 HQ, one of a, like a big Twitter account that's uh, it's huge in, in the, the Bond community. They mentioned, you know, yeah, you can make James Bond stories, comics, games, as long as they don't infringe on any IP, like the gun barrel, the theme, yeah. certain inventions. And then another thing they mentioned was uh, there's some countries that it's already in public domain. And that led to a case where someone almost made a James Bond remake with Ryan Reynolds as James Bond. And it was like a Canadian production because Canada is one of the countries that uh, it it is in public domain. But eventually they wanted to make a remake of For Your Eyes Only and it fell apart because it's like, okay, cool. It's not copyright in this country, but there's all these other countries that it is copyright and we're never going to get this release there. I guess this may be, this might be just a concession where it's like, okay, steamboat, we'll let steamboat Willie go, but all this other Mickey stuff here, that's, that's, yeah. us. we still have Mickey. We don't want to confuse the, the simple minded public. 
I mean, I wouldn't go that far. I would, you know, you know, just simple-minded people out there, you know. Mickey Mouse, you know, he comes on the boat and he starts, you know, turning the wheel and it's like, you know, and he's he's excited. It's a it's a rat. I mean, he loves people. It's a rat with big ears and yeah. Has you ever heard of the Has you ever heard of the Black Dev? You know, I want to know these things. Mike Grace from CinemaBlood.com on the line with me right now as we talk about the world of movies. Uh, still going to get to Night Swim here. Uh, we'll be doing some time traveling for that. Uh, was there anything else we needed to wrap up with before we got to... Uh, oh, I never... We never talked about uh, a couple movies that we had seen, had we? No, we could. Yeah, we could do it real quick. Uh, real quick... Uh, not to mention, we're still expecting a trailer today as we're recording. Uh, the first trailer for The First Omen will be dropping. <sighs> Okay. Oh, you're so excited for it. I can hear. Yeah. Uh, I'm wor- I am worried uh, too. Oh, it uh, just dropped. Oh, it did? Yeah. So, uh Do we need to like take a second watch this? Yeah, I also need to write it up. Like I have a shell, but I just need to finish that up and get this out the door. All right. Well, that's where we'll end it right now. We'll come back and we'll talk about the omen uh when we once we do time traveling and Okay, that sounds good. All right. Sounds good. All right, everybody. Have a great day, and uh, we'll be back here in a few seconds with time travel and the biscuits. All right, time travel complete. I don't have a sound effect this week because I just I, I just thought of it, and I don't know what to do. Anyways, Mike Reyes from CinemaBlend.com is on the line with me right now. Uh, we're going to go- have a death. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. You know what? Uh, you want to know what my autobiography will be called? Spinning Wheel of Death. That sounds like that, that. That almost sounds like false advertising because it's like it's about a. You're gonna have to have some sort of se- uh, subtitle like a, uh, a life in radio or something because they're gonna think you're like some sort of I don't know cage fighter or something. Well, I, the other thing about it is I don't have the <laughs> I don't have the uh, redemption story yet. Like I don't have the I lost everything because I got hardcore into math or you know whatever. Yeah, part of the story. So I need to I need to complete that. So the the meth years are coming. <laughs> Begun the meth war. The meth years have. <laughs> oh my god, that's funny. We did a thing. Uh, we did a uh, uh, a thing on the morning show. It was during Shark Week. Yeah, and Iowa is really known for meth makers and meth dealers. So we did uh, like oh meth. We did like meth week and we had like uh we there was a reporter like in a cage watching a meth dealer. <laughs> and like the meth dealer, oh, man. He was like, What are you doing in that cage? What are you doing that cage? Get a f- cage <laughs> Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna have to call Moose and tell, remind him of that. <laughs> Cause at random, whatever we'll see each other, just at random sometimes. Get a f- Cage. All right. So last night, I should say when previously we talked, we were cut off by the Omen trailer coming out because you needed to write about it. Um, oh, yeah. <clears throat> real quick. I mean, there wasn't a ton in the uh, trailer. Um, it wasn't. It was like a minute long, wasn't it? Yeah. And that's what I like about it. It was enough to kind of w- set it up that it, something was going down. But uh uh, oh yeah, this thing plays solely on dread. Like, there's not a jump scare in there. It's just disturbing imagery, slow music, and it's like, okay, I respect that you respect me like this. 
And I am now interested in this project that I am still a little wary of because I love the original Omen. And obviously, you know, whenever you try to do a prequel like this, it's always a big risk. But this looks, and then you've got Bill Nye in there too, who looks uh, suitably, you don't know if he's going to be menacing or not. And that's kind of cool. I was just going to say, it sounded, like when you were setting up the trailer, it sounded like a marriage or a wedding. How so? Which, which terminology <clears throat> set you off for that? I don't know. I'd have to go back and re-listen to it. But what you were saying, it was like... Atmospherics, low imagery. Yes. Dread. Dread, yes. Even though I don't feel that way, I know you like to make those jokes. <laughs> Who's joking? Mike Reyes from CinemaBlend.com on the line with me right now. All right, so that is uh, The Omen. Uh, when's that coming out? The first Omen comes out April 5th. Okay. And, yeah, uh... Kind of sucks for Nell Tigerfree, who pl- who looks like she's playing the the focal character, because she should know about supernatural children as uh, she was on the show Servant for four years on Apple TV Plus. But you know, I- another thing I will say is I'm very curious to see how this film handles its story because of the fact that it is when you do a prequel like this and you know where the next movie is going, there's always that worry where it's like okay i kind of already know the ending to this what's gonna how is this going to be exciting in any way yeah but if you do something like x-men first class you forget about that fact yeah if you're that good you forget about that fact because i remember sitting through first sitting in first class really digging it and then professor x becomes uh gets shot in the back and loses his uh mobility and I remember like being surprised by it. It's like, whoa, what? Holy shit. Oh, wait. Yeah, duh. That's what the character's like. But it's like, you know, if you do it that well, you forget. You just get wrapped up in the story. Oh, that's good. Mike Reyes from CinemaBlend.com on the line with me. All right, so that's the first omen. Uh, moving over to the movie. Uh, you put out some TikToks last night. We are now recording on Friday the, uh, what the hell day? Fifth. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, you went and saw this last night. What did we think? Uh, the, first of all, the movie's called Night Swim. What did uh, I call it? If anybody wants, uh, you didn't call it anything. You just didn't uh, drop a title. Eh. But anyway, the movie's called Night Swim. Uh, it's Night Swim. You yeah, know, yeah, you know, it's a, you went and saw they... a movie about, uh, you know, uh, doing the backstroke or something. Uh, you know. Yeah, people jumping in pools. It's an evil pool. Evil you know, pool cannonball. So, Night Swim. Yeah, you know, like, like Ron Burgundy. Ron yeah, Burgundy is a cannonball. Yeah. Good man, Ron Burgundy. Oh, good times. So, <laughs> Night Swim is, it's not goofy enough. to. It, it, it's like, it's not silly enough to be a, just a total fun ride. And it's not serious enough to be scary. Like, seriously, I mentioned in the TikTok, there's like, a, there is a creature design. Like, one of the spirits in the pool just looks, uh, it looks like a shit goblin. Okay. Like, 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 just this like massive pudgy figure with like white eyes and like it. It just did not look. Good. One of them did not look good. Okay, but it's it's so frustrating because there's this part in the center, like in the middle of the movie, where we're starting to learn more about the night swim. Uh, first of all, that I, I do agree with my wife. That title is bullshit. Because it's like, okay, bad things happen when people are swimming in the pool in the day, too. So, yeah, congratulations. You really didn't explain your title enough. But it's, it gets to a point where it's explaining the lore of the pool. And it's, I like the concept that's used. 
But then that sounds the so movie... stupid. The lore of the pool. Look, when you build, I'm not going to spoil it for people, but when you build a house on an old health resort that has natural springs, things are bound to happen. <laughs> and I liked that. I liked that. It takes like a, it, it's one of those things where it takes a concept that we're all used to being cute and adorable and turns it into horror. Okay. But it doesn't go far enough with it. The movie doesn't, it's like through most of the movie I'm sitting there and it's like, I came up with a whole list of alternate titles this movie could have had while watching this movie. You know what it sounds like just from, just from listening to what you've said, it sounds like it needed to pick a lane. Like it was trying to be too many, like it was trying to be too many different things. It just needed to pick one and go with it. It needed to pick a lane and it needed to be a little bit longer and more developed. Okay. And it just, yeah. You know, when Riot Russell gets to go full Amityville for a little while in the movie, that's when it gets to be fun. Like, there's a li- there is some fun in this movie, but it's just so frustrating because it's buried underneath not just n- little to no development. Okay. And or at least not enough for my taste. So, I mean, it's it's a warm up act for the year. I've seen worse, but you think of last year where this t- like like in 2023, you know, they ca- uh, Blumhouse and Universal came out strong with Megan, and like we were spoiled last year. Because of that, and yeah. now it's like, eh, night swim. It's like, eh. Yeah, that's eh. okay. However, before we before we close the book on it, I would like to to give you my alternate titles titles for the film: uh, Swimister, H two O No, Water you, What Are You Doing, Deep Trouble, Poltergeist. Because there's literally a segment Pulter- in this movie where they pull from Poltergeist. All right, so minor spoiler: third act. We, we we really dig into the fact that there's like a portal that's opening in this pool. So what the, what does the mother do? The mother ties a, a, a water hose around her waist, ties it to the pool cover crank, and then jumps in like poltergeist. Yeah, yeah. And uh, my personal favorite, if you want to make an Italian knockoff of this movie, Aqua Vite, Aqua Morte. <laughs> I think that's my favorite one to be honest. I, I like the I like I like the names better than the story so far. Yeah, yeah, that's basic those were basically my notes for the movie. Like I didn't take many notes on this movie. I wrote down a, a trailer that I looked interesting. IMAX needs to do a Dune double feature, that sort of thing, and then the titles. Nice. <laughs> Title Rama. Mike Grace from CinemaBlend.com on the line with me right now. Uh as we wrap up. Uh, is there anything else we needed to talk about? Was there anything else that happened since Wednesday that we need to cover? Uh, well, since we're recording on Friday morning, and it may have already aired, but uh, apparently Jonathan Majors gave his first, is, or is giving his first interview to Good Morning America since uh, since his conviction. <clears throat> really? Yeah. Um, I don't know when it's going to air, but I know it's supposed to be, to, I think it's supposed to be today. According, or I was going to say, according to the New York Post, uh, he's going to sit down with Lindsey Davis of ABC News Live, which will appear on the morning show Monday. Oh, it's my, oh, I, I must have misread the report because I thought it was happening today. And also, it looks like there's going to be a half-hour special featuring oh, wait, more for, on your segment. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Peter will appear on the Good Morning America next week. Yeah, okay, okay, so it is. So I was like, what? Okay. All right. So, yeah, we, we, I remember the, the report came in yesterday that we heard it was happening. But, okay, so Monday is the Good Morning America segment, and then there's like a half-hour special on the 11th going to Hulu. I have to wonder if there was a clause 
in his contract or some sort of negotiation where it's like, look, while we're releasing you from your Marvel gig, your first interview is going to be in-house because you have to wonder if that's maybe some sort of spin, some sort of, well, not, not so much spin, but just some, some sort of device where it's like, okay, we're borked by this, but we can, we'll get something out of it and it's going to be a story people are going to want to know. So why not, you know, start yeah, it at home? I feel like this interview is way too early. Uh, I I would almost, I am almost certain some people would think it's way too late because I, just of the way that everything is gone and like how long it took for majors to even be dumped by Marvel. But I mean, in the world of since you've been convicted <laughs> of this, like he hasn't been sentenced yet, right? No, he, I believe he goes for sentencing in February. Don't you think it's like you, you, you pay your penance and then come back and do the interview and then you play the, the remorseful card or the, I'm anymore. a different, I'm a different person. I, that's why that's more what, wow. And now I'm kind of interested to see what this guy's going to say during this. And that's exactly why it's happening. But what's he going to say though? I have no clue. I don't know what he'll say. I, 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 I really don't. It's like, it, what, what could he possibly say that would, yeah, it, it's, that's probably what's going on. Well, it may have, the, the interview may have already been taped and it's just going to uh, air on Monday, but you could tell that, that's probably something that people are going over right now. Like strategists are racking their brains and they're thinking about what about this? What about that? They're, like, there's probably been so much media coaching and everything that's gone into this. But you know, and, as well as I do, when big stars go into stuff like this, they're like, hey, let, we, don't, we don't want to talk about this. We don't do, what, what questions are you going to ask about, you know, being convicted of, you know, assault and, you know, that sort of thing, you know? That's, that's, the, Good that's, God. The that's, that's where the media coaching comes in and the strategists and the sleepless nights. God, they must be getting paid a fortune. I mean, imagine being tasked with that. Hey, we need you to make him, uh, coach him to look good during this. That is, that's PR spin and crisis management for you. That's, uh, that's the name of the game, unfortunately. Oh my goodness. Oh, that'll be interesting. So I'm sure we'll talk about that next week. So, all right, we'll end it there. Mike Reyes from cinemablend.com joins me every week to talk about movies. Uh, Mike, you have yourself a fantastic weekend and we'll talk next week. Okay. Until we meet again in the deep end, my friend. Into the deep. That should be the name of the movie. Ooh. Chlorine kills. <laughs> Goreen. Fool for the pool. Pool fools. <laughs> Swimming in deep. Shit. I don't know. Anyways, Mike, have I a great weekend. Aqua Vista, Aqua Morte.